Welcome to the Why Weight Elevate podcast, where we share key information to help you lose weight the right way and then transition to a lifestyle that helps you keep it off. Our hosts are experts in obesity medicine and have collectively treated thousands of patients for obesity and are here to help you on your own journey. All four of us are busy parents, so we totally understand what it's like to try and live healthy while also trying to stay on top of the busy demands in our life. Thanks for taking time in your busy day to join us. As some of our hosts have medical licenses, we have a legal disclaimer to share with you. Here it is. Please note that our podcast is not intended to, and shouldn't be considered, a substitute for professional medical advice from a doctor or other qualified healthcare professional. You should always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare professional with questions you may have regarding your medical condition. You should not rely on this podcast for medical diagnosis or treatment, and you should never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of our content. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our Why Wait Elevate podcast. Quincy here. I'm here with Ron and Kelsey. Today, everybody, we are going to talk about a few of some common diets or diet plans that are recommended often for people who are trying to live healthy or to lose weight. And we kind of just want to do a brief, brief overview of what these different meal plans are, our diets. I mean, no diet's a loaded word. Listen to our previous podcast about diet culture. But for lack of a better word, we're going to use the word diet in this podcast. Just kind of want to again to give you an idea that the four that we're going to talk about today are the ketogenic diet, a low-carb, high-fat diet, Mediterranean diet, and then carnivore diet. And we're going to kind of kind of give you a brief overview of those, and then in the next few podcasts, we'll do a deep dive on each of them. But just so that you guys have an idea of what, what these are. So as you hear them, as you you know hear about different things, this is kind of what each of these are. So who, who would like to go first? Let's talk about the ketogenic diet. I'll go ahead and go first, and then Dr. Rigby, you jump in. Um, so the ketogenic diet, um, if you haven't heard, we're celebrating a hundred years of its existence this year. Ooh, um, we should party. First, right. <laughs> um, yes. Once COVID is over and we can party together. Um, but it was first established a hundred years ago for pediatric epilepsy. Um, and they found out, um, the goal of the diet is to produce ketones. That's our, our alternative fuel source to glucose. So if you've ever heard, you know, our bodies need glucose. Um, yes, there's certain organs in our body that do, that do need um, glucose, but we have backup mechanisms. And this is how our body, our human race has survived um, famines and whatnot is the production of ketones. And so the goal of the ketogenic diet is for your body to be producing ketones, burning fat or using the fat you're consuming in your diet um, to create ketones. And, um, with that, you have to consume a lot of fat. Um, we're talking 75% or more of your total calories coming from fat and then, um, moderate amount of protein and then very limited amount of carbs because when your body consumes carbs, that's going to get broken down first. Um, and then your body's going to use that glucose before. So then it kind of prevents, um, the ketones from being formed. I've heard percentages. I mean, obviously every person's different, right? Something to the effect of 75% fat and then 25% protein and even up like 5% carbs. Yes. And that's a very common one we hear. Um, it was first, um, when it was first developed, they were using a four to one keto ratio 
which means there's four grams of fat per one gram of protein plus net carb. Um, so that is pretty, pretty restrictive. Now there's these things called modified keto diets with much more reasonable ratios, um, like a one-to-one -one ratio, one gram of fat per one gram of protein plus net carb. And that's what you most mostly see around. Um, and then you can kind of increase that keto ratio to get the health benefits you want or the man management of different diseases. Maybe you could go on really quick on what a net carb is because you've used that phrase now twice and I wonder if people would need to know what that is. Absolutely. So the net carb is kind of the carb that's left over that we know that definitely um, our like the glucose will be um, excreted <laughs> um, uh -huh. or broken down into glucose. Uh, fiber does not get digested. It doesn't um, impact our glucose levels. Um, so when you're looking at the label and it's got total carbohydrates, you subtract the fiber from that. And then if there's sugar alcohols, cause sugar alcohols don't, um, break down into glucose. Um, and so you can subtract the sugar alcohols too, from that total carb to get this thing as net carb. Okay. Thank you. Dr. Ruby, do you have anything else you want to say? Kelsey did a pretty good job. Yeah, she did. Um, <laughs> um, I, I'm a big fan. <laughs> I'm a big fan too. I just don't know if anything to add to it as a basic overview. Perfect. Okay. So that's a basic ketogenic diet. Now let's go on to the low carb, high fat. And how is that different than keto? For a low carb, low carb is more lower carb versus a standard American diet, but not as drastic as a ketogenic so a lot of times we were talking about that percentage, you're having a higher percentage of the carbohydrates, it's just lower than what we're always taught as a standard American diet. So since you're going up on your carbohydrates, we want to back off on your fats versus a ketogenic diet, but we don't want to go very high fat because your body's going to use the carbohydrates first as your fuel source. If we could put a lot of fat in at the same time, we have excess and your body has to do something with the excess. And that's where a lot of times weight gain comes into play. So if you've increased your carbs, you don't want to do as much fat for that reason. Exactly. Okay. We still want to keep your protein pretty stable because it's a backup fuel source and to help build and repair things. So we don't want to back off too much on the protein. And again, everybody's protein levels are required based off their muscle mass and their activity level. Okay. Anything else, Kelsey? Uh, yeah. What, one thing I want to add is that, you know, the difference between the two is the keto diet. We are trying to get you into a state of nutritional ketosis. We want your body making those ketones. Um, and I mean, there's research showing why we want that and the health benefits with low carb. Absolutely. I agree with Dr. Rigby, the ratio. I mean, anything less than the standard American um, diet intake of carbs could be considered low carb. Um, but we're not really concerned about ketones because you're usually consuming more or more carbohydrates than you would, um, your body wouldn't really be making ketones. Okay. The other thing I wanted to add to that is, um, another reason why we have to, if you're increasing the carbs in a low carb diet, um, you're backing off on the fat because if you're looking for weight loss, um, if you still consume, like you still have to consume less calories, um, then you're burning or you will not have weight loss. 
So if you keep your fat super high and keep your carbs higher, you're going to have a calorie excess. And then that gets converted to fat. And the food companies know that because a lot of the weight gaining of the junk food has high carbs and high fat levels. Okay. So Yeah, double whammy. (laughs) Exactly. So basically, ketogenic is probably going to be more specific in regards to ratios to really truly be a true ketogenic diet, whereas a low-carb, high-fat, there's not an exact percentage per se. It's just less than the standard American diet. Like One common one that we hear is like less than 100 grams. And we see that a lot in the diabetic world. And um, so that's one place to start if you're looking at where do I even start with low carb is around 100 grams. So less than 100 grams of carbs. Yes. Mm -hmm. Net carbs or just carbs? I say net carbs. I I kind of go back (laughs) and forth. And I don't, I I understand I probably make it harder on patients and stuff. Because unfortunately, if you're eating a lot of processed food, a lot of times they're adding all these extra fibers and saying, "Go see, we can subtract all these and we're adding more sweeteners. See, we're subtracting all that. So your net carbs are actually really low when that actually can still bump up your blood sugar. So my hard way of looking at it is if you're eating fruits and vegetables, looking at your net carbs. Because again, like Kelsey described, the sugar and the fiber aren't attached as well, or they're attached better, so you're not absorbing as much. And there's no artificial sweeteners also, or the sugar alcohols, I should say. But if you're now eating a lot of processed food, a lot of times I say, look at your total carbs, because unfortunately, a lot of times they're trying to manipulate some of those numbers, and you can still struggle with where you're at. What do you think, Kelsey, on that? Um, so I really agree with how Dr. Rigby phrased that. I like it Um, because a lot of those processed keto products that are on the market right now, I mean, food manufacturers are very, very smart and they want your money. And so they do add a lot of fiber um, so that you can technically subtract and get your net carbs of zero, but your body is still releasing insulin and um, still impacting your glucose levels. And so you could be stalling your weight loss progress or the health benefits because um, you're consuming more than we're calculating. So I do like if it says, if it's a fruit or a vegetable, do net carbs. But if it's a processed packaged uh, food item, go ahead and um, count total carbohydrates and stay around a hundred plus or minus, depending on how you feel. Okay. Um, and then, okay, let's transition to the third diet, uh, Mediterranean diet. What is the Mediterranean diet? Let's go with Kelsey. Dr. Ruby did the last one. Okay. okay. All right. So the Mediterranean diet has, um, was recently voted number one, pretty popular. Um, it's plant-based. It wants, um, your nuts, your seeds, your beans, um, It does recommend having um, moderate portions of dairy, um, daily intake of vegetables, fruits, whole grains, healthy fats, um, weekly intake of fish and poultry, and the really limited amount of red meat. And so that's why it's pretty popular among cardiologists. I mean, it's been around, I believe, since the 60s, if I remember correctly. Um, So relatively newer. Okay. I'm going to let Dr. Rigby take over. 
the, uh, and again, the Mediterranean diet, like Kelsey said, um, all that type of aspect. But the problem is, at least in my opinion, there is no standard Mediterranean diet. That is absolutely correct. There's not a strict definition. Because if you're looking at the Mediterranean area, nobody eats the exact same way. From northern Italy to southern Italy to Greece to Spain to France. So a lot of times, well, the guidelines that Kelsey's giving you, they subtract a lot of the countries there and their eating habits to fit into what people want. And that's the northern Mediterranean. Yeah, I mean... Taking account of exactly that's the northern versus the southern, and (laughs) from the northern or from the eastern to the western. So that's where again, Mediterranean has its benefits. In my opinion, it's basically it's a glorified low carb diet, which is better than the standard American diet. I won't argue that. But when people say it's this the the number one, in my opinion, for those of us who are a lot sicker, we're not going far enough. But that's just my two cents on it. That it's a good intervention, but maybe not. It's not as good as somebody who's on a high, on the obesity scale or insulin resistant or type two diabetic okay. or that heart disease. Even the cardiologists like it. I think they like it just because it's not the standard American diet. Right, and I think um, yeah, anything is much like any like whole food diet is going to be better for your body than the standard American diet. Exactly, because you're getting rid of the processed foods. And that's where I think it has its benefits. I just think we need to look at a broader picture of it. Fair. Right. And I think some of the studies, you know, take into a, a, um, a not effect, but um, the way that people live and I, a lifestyle, yeah. um, stress it, levels, mindfulness, all of that also plays into the study's results. Yeah, that's. But we that, can go into that in the, during the deep dive. Exactly. <laughs> that that's a huge, a whole other aspect that I feel like people don't talk about when it comes to the Mediterranean. Is their lifestyle is totally different than our run, 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 go to the drive-through. Now, it ha- probably has changed since the last time I was there, but their lifestyle they don't talk about it. But it's a cu- huge factor in it. Okay. Okay, and let's go to is anything else on the Mediterranean for this overview. Listen for the upcoming nope. podcast on it. <laughs> Perfect. Um, there's a yes. teaser there for you. Um, and then finally, carnivore. What is what is the carnivore diet? And Dr. Rippey, we're going to have you go um, talk about this one. A carnivore diet is basically eating basically meat and fats that go along with that. You're basically eliminating um, basically carbohydrates in general. There are You still get some glucose from the glycogen in the meats. Um, but you're basically getting rid of, obviously, the processed food, the sugary stuff. You're getting rid of the fruits. The, the tubers are basically vegetables below the ground. And some people don't feel very good with even green leafy vegetables. So we're getting rid of all that. And you're just eating basically the wide variety of different types of meats and the fats that go along with it. The drawback, there are benefits to it, but the drawback is... you. A lot of the arguments from dietitians is you're not getting all the vitamins and the micronutrients just if you're eating the organ meat, or excuse me, if you're just eating the muscle meat. And that's where you have to expand the types of meats into more of the organ meats, the liver, the brain, the kidneys, the blood, a variety of different, because you're getting some of the nutrients from those different organs, or at least look at some supplements 
to replace some of that into your diet. Okay. That sounds really appetizing. <laughs> for, for some people, it really does. And other people go, especially this is very stereotypical, so I admit. But women are going, that doesn't sound very good, but I just want a green leafy salad where a guy goes, I don't like salad. I'd rather just eat the steak, the fattier steak and that type of stuff. Right. So again, I think that's where one thing we want to emphasize is that individual aspect. What do you feel better with and... What works best for you? Okay. And so, so carnivore is not just to eat steak the whole time. Like it, a true carnivore is going to incorporate you have to have that variety. the variety of oh, the organ meat is, or meat, but the organs and stuff. Organ meat. But also things I forgot is if you're eating a lot of eggs and eating the whole egg, you can get rid of the shell. But that idea <laughs> that if you're eating a lot of eggs or if you're eating small fish, that's the whole organ or the whole fish. So sardines and stuff like that, you're getting some of that. You have to eat a lot of them. Okay. But there are different ways of doing it. But being not just the straight organ meat, like people, oh, I'm just eating my top sirloin, or I'm having the leanest cut of ground beef. Yeah, if you're going to do it long-term, you got to do more than that. Okay. It's not a diet just getting rid of the vegetables. You have to at least know it. It's kind of like, at least in my opinion, a vegetarian. I can't just say, oh, I'm just going to get rid of meats. I have to know what I'm doing. I have to be able to look at ways of getting all my amino acids and different fatty acids and stuff like that. I can't just, oh, I'm just not eating meat. Okay. Right. Your essential um, fatty acids and amino acids. Um, and from a dietitian standpoint, the more, I know you're just making fun of us, but from the more <sighs> food groups you eliminate, um, so, I mean, carnivores eliminating several food groups. Yeah. Um, that's when it's just more important to work with that healthcare provider so that you can make sure you're doing it in a healthy way and balancing out, whether that's through supplements or um, just learning new recipes, trying new recipes. But um, that's kind of where I can think a lot of dietitians are like, well, you're eliminating grains and vegetables and da 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 da. But um, there's a way to do it. You just have to work with your provider. Yeah. You just got to, you got to know what you're doing. You just can't say I'm cutting something out and not replacing something else. You have to be mindful of it. And it's relatively newer, right? The carnivore diet. Um, It's becoming more popular. It was kind of low level or some people call it underground doing it on and off, but it doesn't have the long history. Well, this is coming from a non-evolutionary thinking person. So take that for what it's worth. We don't have the long reported history like we do the carnivore for the, or the, the ketogenic for the last hundred years. But then people, well, if we were hunters or, and we were, we weren't just eating the, the leaner cuts of meat. We were eating, the, if we killed something, we're going to eat everything and get everything we can out of it. Right. And we were only eating um, some vegetables and or fruits when it was in season, if it was available where we were. We weren't going to the grocery store and go, oh, bananas are available, let's eat it, when you were in an area that wasn't available. So if you're more of an evolutionary pipe person, we might have a long history of more of a carnivore eating habits. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, thank you, you guys. So, so I think this was a good overview of those four diets. If you have any specific questions you want to bring to us or if you want us to bring up in the deep dive, um, you can always bring it up in our Facebook group or if you have questions there, just go to our YWay Elevate page and, and go to our, our community there. Um, thanks so much. Mm-hmm.
Thanks for joining us on the Why Wait Elevate podcast. We want to hear what you think about this episode and encourage you to continue the discussion in our Facebook group. The name of the group is Community of People Elevating Their Mind and Body to Lose Weight. Or you can search for our Facebook page, Why Wait Elevate, and our group is linked on that page. Also, if you found this episode to be helpful, can you share it with your friends that you think would appreciate listening to it? And if you found our podcast to be helpful, we would love it if you could leave us a review. It really helps others hear about this podcast, and we really want to help as many people as we can. Thank you.